Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We're so happy to have you guys tune back in and carve out a little time of your weekend to give the pod a little listen. Thank you so much. Mike and I are going to try to carve out a little bit more time for you guys to listen uh, during the week. We're going to attempt to give you another podcast or two. Uh, during the week along with our joint podcast. So Mike and I will might take one or two of these solo uh, just in the efficiency of time and uh, you know life commitments. Uh, but we also are committed to giving you guys some quality content. So I hope you're uh, hope you appreciate the effort and still enjoy what we're trying to pump out there for you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so Mike and I gave you a quick rundown of the conference previews, uh, who might win player of the year, who's going to win. Mike did his unbelievable breakdown of the uh, Big 12 uh, and gave you a game-by-game synopsis, which was kind of insane. Uh, We were (laughs) very impressed by that. So what we want to do is just not ignore the little guy. Uh, And I thought we could give you just a quick rundown uh, for some of the mid-majors and some of the other uh, smaller conferences that might not get a lot of love and give you who we think is going to win and represent in March who might be a sleeper team to pay attention to, and then also who might win player of the year in that conference. And now, yes, we do have a, a larger sample size uh, to make our decisions off of, uh, but we also saw no reason to you know, jump into conference play predictions before conference play started. So we had some of these predictions like uh, in the notebook, literally, and uh, now's the time to share them out, I guess. Uh, so before we get into that, I thought we'd just do a quick rundown of Friday night's games from January 5th. A couple of things to pay attention to on Friday. Number one, told you Rutgers would get one of these games at home, right? And they took down Wisconsin. Wisconsin plays a Rutgers style, or Rutgers plays a Wisconsin style. And you knew that Rutgers would muck it up. Game in the low 60s, they beat Wisconsin 64-60. Even with the best player on the floor in half, Wisconsin could not pull off a road upset in the rack. Another team to pay attention to, which we'll get to in the conference previews, is is Drexel with an upset win over Charleston in overtime. Uh, You thought Charleston might be one of the better teams in the uh, CAA, and they've started the league play off 0-2, which is a little troubling. Um, So Drexel with a nice overtime win over Charleston. Uh, Another thing to pay attention to is Towson keeps it rolling. They seem to have everything up and running, and UNC Wilmington continues to just not give up a ton of points and not score enough. Even though they do have uh, Jordan Talley running the point and Kaycock uh, doing some damage inside, averaging a near double-double. Um, so Towson keeps it rolling. And then the last one is, I guess this Northwestern story is a, is a one-year story, right? Losing to Penn State and starting the Big Ten play down in the standings. I don't know if they're going to be able to fight their way back out. And then the last two things from Friday are a huge game 
on the horizon with uh, Northern Kentucky and Oakland did not disappoint. Went down to the final possessions. Northern Kentucky wins on the road, 87-83 over a really talented Oakland team. Again, which we'll get into the conference previews a little bit later. And then how about how about Oregon? Oregon State seems like we thought Oregon could be like a top 30-ish team preseason, and it seems like they haven't gotten their acts together here. Nice win for Oregon State. Kudos to, to Tinkle. Uh, he had a double-double. Kudos to uh, uh, Stephen Thompson running the point really efficiently for Oregon State. In the preseason, we said Oregon State might be one of those teams that you know has improvements, and this win could start that road to improvement. So really nice work by Oregon State. Uh, go Beavers. And I think the last thing, cool to have a couple extra games on Friday night. Usually a Friday night is, uh, you know, Ivy exclusive or A-10 exclusive, but it's nice to have a, a, you know, a Big Ten game in there. It's nice to have a a Pac-12 late night game in there. I kind of like just having like a little taste of those on Friday, so it's not just like a dead night for college basketball. So I'm a fan of that. Uh, All right, listeners, how about we get into our conference rundown preview. Now, I had a number of things in line here, but just in the time, uh, just to be efficient with your time and to give you the information that you need, we're just going to run down the conferences and then give you winner, which is going to be March representative conference tournament, somebody to keep an eye on, you know, somebody that might uh, surprise, might be fun to watch if you, you know, you catch them on your, your viewing patterns, and then uh, who might be player of the year uh, in the conference. And again, we do have a larger sample size for all of this information now, so it's not necessarily cheating. We're just using the information that's available to us. Uh, so we're going to go in kind of ABC order. So uh, if you're listening for a certain uh, a cer- certain conference and you're looking for like the summit, uh, you know, just wait out probably uh, seven minutes and we'll get there. Does that sound okay to everybody? All right, here we go. So the A10, sticking local. I, I don't see how you cannot have University of Rhode Island as your representative and the winner of the conference. They played so well early uh, without their best player, E.C. Matthews. Uh, Terrell has played out of his head. Um, they do have a very deep backcourt. Uh, I think the question is, do, what happens when they run into a team that has a, a mobile big that is a disruptive on the defensive end and can actually get some putbacks? That might be a problem. But I'm still going to stick with uh, Rhodey as the uh, winner of the A-10. A team to keep an eye on, definitely St. Bonnie's. Uh, now that we have Jalen Adams back in the fold, Mobley had been holding down the fort. I think they're kind of interesting to take a look at, and I think they're going to be live because, as we always say, guards win in March, even though it's not March yet. We're getting there. And I think with that backcourt, which is one of the best backcourts in the nation, I think you have to pay attention to St. Bonnie's. And a player of the year, I'm going to stick with Adams. He's come back and played at a pretty high level, averaging a 19, a 4, and 5. Shooting percentages are still near what they were last year. I mean, if you want to throw another name into Player of the Year, you might want to throw Mobley's name in there. He, I mean, he held down the fort unbelievably well. Uh, 19 points, 5 boards, and 2 assists. So that backcourt might be, both of them might be first team all A-10. Uh, let's head to the Atlantic Sun. I think Atlantic Sun, yeah, I, I, I'm still going to stick with Florida Gulf Coast, even though they've uh, run into some disappointment in the non-conference schedule. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Dunk City. I just think they're too talented uh, on the perimeter and have too many... Uh, too much depth as far as their bigs go. If you're going to pay attention to a team that might challenge them, maybe looks come. I, I think that I think that makes sense. Uh, even though they they lost recently to uh, to Purdue and, and didn't look very live, I think that's another team. If you know once that game happens between Florida Gulf Coast, I think that's a game to pay attention to. And I'm going to stick with Goodwin for Player of the Year. Uh, I, I just th- even though he, he's diminutive and hasn't put up like the monster numbers uh, that you maybe prognosticated for him, 
Uh, he's still putting up seven, three, and five with decent percentages, maybe a tick down from where he was last year. But I'm going to stick with him for player of the year. So Florida Gulf Coast, and good one for player of the year. AAC. I'm sticking with Wichita State here. I know Mike Randall might, he might differ and go Cincy because he does have this uh, uh, love affair with him. But And Mike did pick both Wichita State and Cincinnati preseason for the final four in March. So th- this this conference is really live, and it should have been included with you know the bigger conferences, uh, as far as I think, and they have this whole hashtag thing like American Power, uh, power with the six in the middle of it. So, you know, we'll try to play along with that as well. Uh, but I, I think Wichita State is kind of getting their act together after being a little suspect on the defensive end, and they've played a little bit more in character, especially that game against Houston, where the defensive numbers looked a little bit more Wichita State-ish. Team to pay attention to. And they're so up and down. They're so flighty. But I'm going to stick with Temple. I like their I like their uh, talent in the backcourt. They do have a couple of bigs that make an impact. And I, I really like Rose. I, th- I like Quentin Rose. I think he's like a difference maker player. I think he's an NBA player waiting to happen. So I think Temple might pull one of these like odd wins against a Wichita or against an SMU or against, against a Cincinnati that you're not expecting. Just because they do have the talent. And, and, and Dumphy, uh, his, his water bottle incident aside is an excellent coach and really well-respected. And uh, player of the year, I'm going to stick with Shake Milton of SMU. I just love Shake Milton. He does so many things positively for that SMU team, and I know that they just lost to Tulane in the Green Wave. That was kind of a, a shocking win. I put that out there for some lines uh, that I thought that they would take care of the Green Wave. And they not, not only did they not take care of him, they just lost the game outright, which was kind of shocking. But I'm going to stick with Milton. Milton's putting up uh, 17-4-4 four four with really sh- efficient, sh- uh, efficient shooting numbers. So I'll take Wichita, and I'll take Shake Milton, Shake Milton for Player of the Year. America East is tricky now, right? I'm sticking with Vermont, but this Lamb injury is really vexing. You d- kind of don't know what to do with Vermont now. I know... Um, I know Duncan's going to step up. I'm sure uh, uh, Trey Bell Haynes, uh, I'm sure his scoring numbers will take an uptick with maybe his shooting numbers taking a downtick with the uh, higher usage that he'll have with no lamb there. But this is a very similar situation to what Notre Dame is dealing with, with Bonzi Colson being out. I know it's a, you know, a lesser conference and a lesser player, but it's the same problem. Like you're losing your best player, possibly the player of the year in the conference. And now you have to reconstruct your offense uh, without that hinge and without that cog that you were counting on the whole entire year. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Vermont, even with the lamb injury. And obviously a team to keep an eye on is always Albany. I think Albany is live with that backcourt. I think Cremo is, is fantastic. He's putting up uh, 18 points and, and shooting over 15% from three. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, originally, I had I have Lamb down in, in, in the notebook for player of the year, obviously. And I think now you can just choose between Trey Bell Haynes, who is the defending player of the year in the conference, and, and Cremo from Albany. I think both of those guys are, are first team automatics. And you could probably add one other name to that list, but it's going to be a short list for player of the year there. So I think Vermont is still going to uh, represent Now, the American East, I think they'll put it together. I think Coach Becker does an unbelievable job. And give me Trey Bell Haynes or or Cremo, one of those guys, uh, for player of the year. By the way, I think with no lamb, Vermont has very little chance to repeat an undefeated season in conference. That would be just unprecedented if uh, if Coach Becker was able to pull that off. How about the Big Sky? Big Sky, I'm going to take Portland State, even though they've got off to a rough start in conference. They looked really live in the PK-80. They played well out of conference. So even though they stumbled out of the blocks here, I'm going to stick with Portland State. I'm not going to change just because we have a little bit more information. Team to keep an eye on? How about Weber State? 
I mean, we talked to uh, Brandon uh, from out in Weber State earlier for uh, uh, one of our team previews. He gave us a great rundown. Uh, one of the guys that we talked about was uh, was Jarek uh, Harding, and he's averaging 21 points a game. He might be in line for player of the year. But I think if you're paying attention to the big sky, I think you got to stick with Hall from Montana. The guy's an unbelievable shooter. He's got NBA scouts coming out to Montana to pay attention to him. Is he playing to the level that he was playing last year currently? No. Is he still putting up nice numbers? Yeah. He's got a, about 18 points, uh, four, four dimes, four boards. So he's still playing efficiently, uh, but definitely not as efficiently as he was last year. And I think uh, Marcus Howard and Trey Young and Trey Holder and a couple of other diminutive guards that are shooting the ball really, really well are stealing some of Hall's thunder, and I think we expected maybe Hall to have that type of blow-up. So we'll stick with Portland State as the representative. Keep an eye on Weber State. I think they're live, especially the Hardy. And uh, I th- I'm going to stick with Hall for player of the year. In the Big South, I'm going to just go straight to UNC Asheville. They have enough coming back that I think that, that that's the team to beat there. A team to keep an eye on is definitely Winthrop. Uh, I like Winthrop because of their backcourt, and I really like Xavier Cooks. And speaking of Cooks, I think Cooks or Chris Clemens. I think you have to pay attention to either one of them for player of the year. Cooks is like your do-everything big man, and Clemens is is this diminutive guard that puts up tons of numbers and is you know going to average well over 20 points a game uh, and keeps Campbell alive. I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Cooks or, or Clemens gets hot in the tournament and then carries you know either Winthrop or, or Campbell to the uh, NCAA tournament. That, that wouldn't be surprising at all. Big West, let's stick with UC Davis. I'm not going to get too tricky with this. I'd be lying if I saw a ton of Big West play out there. But I think Monika is a really unique guy. He's averaging a double-double. We, we, you know, When we talked to Amir Faden, uh, we both said that, that this guy was going to have a little bit of a blow-up year, and he's absolutely doing that. So when you have the best player out there, I think that makes sense. Uh, maybe a team to keep an eye on is UC Santa Barbara. And if you're going to you know, throw some names around for player of the year in the conference, I think you have to stick with uh, Max Haydinger. I th- he's averaging about 20, 22 points a game for Santa Barbara. So if Monica has a, a challenger for player of the year, I think you found it there in Santa, Santa Barbara. But as far as representative, let's go UC Davis and let's go uh, Monica as far as player of the year. CAA. Again, I'm going to stick with Charleston, even though they've stumbled a little bit out of the gate. I, I think they're running into the same problem. Charleston at a very lower level uh, that UNC is running into with trying to incorporate Cam Johnson back. I mean, they have Brantley back, who is kind of like a do-everything forward for them, who's out the early part of the season. He's been back about four or five games thus far. And so I think they're figuring out like how to play with him on the floor, too, with that really good backcourt they have with uh, uh, Chile and, and Riller. But I think those three guys are, are to be honest, are, are all three of them could be all-conference guys. Uh, I'll stick with Chile for uh, player of the year. And I think a team to keep keep an eye on is definitely Towson. I think Pat's, Coach Pat Skiri has things headed in the right direction there. You know, they got a nice win on Friday night. So I think if Charleston doesn't get their act together, I think Towson is a team to keep an eye on. But I'm going to stick with Charleston, the college, to be the representative. And give me uh, Chile for player of the year um, over his own teammates, uh, Riller and Brantley. Conference USA, we're going to stick with Middle Tennessee, baby. Uh, I don't see that there's... Uh, with Nick King playing this well... And Giddy Potts, like, still making plays in crunch time and, and doing what Giddy Pot type things. Uh, I think we're going to stick with uh, Middle Tennessee. Things that are get a little, little spicy, Western Kentucky just got one of their players eligible. So I think, who, who's a high-talent player. Uh, I, so I think they're t- a team to keep an eye on, especially, and Marshall I have in the notebook. Elmore puts up giant numbers, the pace of play that they play at. 
is really is fun. Uh, Coach D'Antoni obviously believes in getting up a lot of shots and a lot of threes. So I think Marshall is a, is a team. If you, you know if you happen to watch them against Middle Tennessee or Western Kentucky, I think that's a, a live game to watch for a player of the year. I, I don't think there's any place else to go but Nick King from Middle Tennessee. He's averaging 23 and seven. He's the second life transfer thing is really nice to see with guys like King who have a chance to shine and get it right for one year. So hopefully. He just continues to do that in conference. Really impressed with Nick King so far. Uh, in the horizon, even though they took a loss to uh, Northern Kentucky, I'm going to stick with Oakland. Uh, I believe they just have too much talent. They, you know, they have they have Walker, they have Hayes, they have Nunn. Uh, uh, Isaac Brock is back. Love their little point guard situation. So I'm going to stick with Oakland. And you hope that they just win the tournament, right? Because they got knocked out on a last second shot last year in last year's uh, conference tournament, and then just never got a chance to to represent in Northern Kentucky did with their first year of eligibility, which is really impressive. And for player of the year, it'd be hard to go another place besides Kendrick Nunn from Oakland. He's averaging 25 points a game and four boards and four assists on decent shooting numbers. He's just not like totally chucking it up there and shooting like 39% from the field. He's, he's actually semi-efficient. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Nunn for player of the year. Let's move down to the Ivy. Shout out to Dr. Tony. Is, uh, Dr. Tony uh, got together with his family recently. It was nice to catch up and talk some college hoops with him. Uh, he was already trying to plan his next trip to Rose Hill Gym uh, and trying to figure out wh- how he could get his kids there to that historic venue. So I'm going to stick with uh, Harvard. You know, we talked to the guys from the Crimson Tide earlier in the team preview series. I'm not exactly sure how their like playing rotation is rolling right now. I mean, you thought that Towns and, and Bryce would be... I don't know, putting up bigger numbers or playing bigger minutes. And it seems like that Coach Amaker is, has a system that I guess is going to be working. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Harvard just because of the talent they have. Team to keep an eye on, definitely Princeton, due to the w- way that they played well out west pre-conference play. You know, great coaching there, and they run a cool system that has kind of like redefined like college basketball and basketball in general. Uh, so I think team to keep an eye on Princeton. And you know what? I'm going to stick with Mike Smith from Columbia. As player of the year, he's averaging 19 points and five assists. The diminutive point guard it, it, it will put up, continue to put up giant numbers. And in a, in a conference like the Ivy, where you're not going to totally run into a giant point guard every night, I think Mike Smith will continue to put up giant numbers. If his uh, shooting numbers can improve uh, slightly on the efficiency side, I, I think he's going to be in the running for conference player of the year. I don't think that's totally crazy. In the MAAC, the MAC, go with Iona, right? Coach Clueless always has a, a, an unbelievably efficient offense, always has players that put up big numbers. So I'm going to stick with Iona, and they've been the representative for uh, a number of the past, uh, you know, like five out of the past seven years for this conference. So I'll stick with that. Team to keep an eye on is Niagara, and the reason to keep an eye on Niagara is because I think Max Scott is going to be the player of the year. He's averaging uh, 22 points a game. That Iona-Niagara game, uh, second time around, is going to be really cool to pay attention to. So give me Iona as a representative. Give me Matt Scott as the player of the year. And the MEAC. I'll stick with Morgan State. I think UNC Central lost a ton from last year, and you know they they were the representative for this conference last year. But when you have a coach and you have guys that are on the bench that know how to win, I think they're they're a team to keep an eye on. And as far as Player of the Year, you have to keep an eye on Cole from Howard, right? I mean, RJ Cole has putting up 22 points a game as a freshman. We did not know anything about this guy coming into the season, and he's just totally blown up and has been unbelievably fun to view. Take a look at his stat line. You, you see a Howard game uh, you know, on Watch ESPN. It's worth watching for a half to watch this guy. Really impressive. He's possibly one of the 10 best freshmen in the country, and that's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. So Morgan State to represent, and, and give me Cole as player of the year as a freshman. And the Mid-American. 
Let's go with Buffalo, right? I think Buffalo still has some holdover from when Hurley was there, and, and those guys do have a toughness to them that's still there. Team to keep an eye on? Uh, how about Akron? Uh, you know, Coach Gross is, always has his teams playing tough. You remember uh, the, those teams from Ohio, won a couple of games in the tournament back when he was the coach. I think that, that that's something to pay attention to. And then how about uh, Thomas Weiler from West, Western Michigan? Uh, guys putting up decent numbers. Uh, I'll take him as player of the year. Guards doing a little bit of everything for Western Michigan. All right, let's get to the Valley. One of my favorite guys, Alizé Johnson and Missouri State, continue to play well. Alizé Johnson just put up a 20-20 game. That guy is playing a little bit out of his head right now, and if he's going to play that well, then Missouri State is going to be the winner of the Valley this year. I don't think there's any two ways about it. Team to keep an eye on, definitely keep an eye on Loyola. Loyola actually played really well non-conference. Of course, they got that nice one at Florida, which kind of put them on the map and was helpful for the Valley, so on and so on. So, uh, you know, the Valley continues to prove to be live, and Missouri State really got a great win over Northern Iowa, which kind of put them in the driver's seat as far as conference play goes. So give me Missouri State and definitely give me Alizé Johnson as Player of the Year, and, and, and of course, continue to keep an eye on Loyola. Why not? Mountain West, you know where I'm going here. Absolute wolf pack the whole entire way. So talented. Those Martin twins are doing everything on both ends of the ball. Jordan Caroline continues to amaze and be an absolute rock for them. Love that the play that they're getting from Hall and Drew in the backcourt. And Stevens as a shooter is absolutely insane. You kind of don't know which way to go. Foster's giving them a good, number, uh, good time inside, but they are playing position as basketball, exactly how Coach Musselman wanted to play. Uh, team to keep an eye on, how about Fresno? Fresno State has a really athletic backcourt. Coach lets them play a little bit. They're really dangerous at home. So I think Fresno is a team to keep an eye on here. For player of the year, I want to say Jordan Caroline, but I'm going to go Hutchinson from Boise. Guy does too many things too well. He's on NBA scout radars. Um, so I'll, as, as much as my heart wants to say, give me Jordan Caroline and, and as player of the year, I'm going to go Hutchinson from Boise State. In the Northeast, I'm going to go St. Francis, Red Flashes, the PA St. Francis for a representative. And the reason, I think, is uh, Keith Braxton. 6'4 guard is like, uh, I don't know, like Lamb Light, like from Vermont. Under Undersized guard does everything. 17 points, 9 boards, 4 assists. He's just like one of those awesome mid-major players that you just, boom, oh wow, that guy's putting up that, that amount of numbers at that size in that conference. So give me St. Francis with Braxton leading the way. And uh, team to keep an eye on is Wagner. The reason to keep an eye on Wagner is because they, they always play strong D. They play at a lower pace. They're, they're a little bit UVA-ish in that regard, and they always rebound the ball really well. So Wagner, definitely a team to keep an eye on there due to their pace of play and style. Uh, but give me, uh, give me the red flash. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I don't mind that at all. I think that sounds like a good pick in the Northeast. How about in the uh, OVC? I'm going to stick with Belmont. Really like Belmont over the summer. Still really like him. I think Coach Bird is kind of an offensive genius. He's really talented as uh, really, really one of the most underrated coaches in the country. So I'll take Belmont as the representative there. Uh, Murray State, I think, is a, a team to keep an eye on. They're always very live. I mean, Jonathan Stark is, it puts up great numbers. He's uh, averaging over 19 points, over three boards, over three assists. Uh, he might be play, in a running for player of the year. But I'm going to stick with uh, Amaze Aguizi from Belmont. I think the guy's unbelievably gifted as a shooter. I wouldn't be surprised if he appears on some NBA radars as like a 3 and D guy. So give me a Keezy slightly over Stark for player of the year in Belmont as a representative in the OVC. Uh, Patriot, I think, is really simple. Bucknell. 
I think Bucknell is going to be representative. And I think they're going to be really live in March. They are one of the teams that, you know, because they have the history, they have the resume of doing this in the past. And the reason they have, they, they might be pretty live in March is because they have some bigs. They got uh, uh, Nene and they also have Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas is putting up giant numbers. He put up giant numbers against uh, Vermont and he's averaging uh, 22 and 9. So give me Zach Thomas for player of the year, of course. Bucknell will represent. And how about, um, how about a shout out to Army? And their play-by-play guy, Rich DeMarco. I think Army might be a team to keep an eye on that makes a little noise in the Patriot. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish second third, second or third behind Bucknell. Uh, so give me Army as a team to keep an eye on. In the Southern, I'm going to go with Furman as the overall winner, but it's hard not to pay attention to Wolford, right, after their win at UNC. Uh, so give me Furman as a representative. Wolford, obviously, a team to keep an eye on. Uh, that would be fun. And the reason to keep an eye on him is Fletcher McGee. He is going to be player of the year. He is not just a flash in the pan of somebody that went off against UNC. The guy's averaging 24 points a game in the top 10 in the nation in scoring and doing it with crazy shooting numbers. Do yourself a favor. If you want to be entertained, like go look at his stat line and how well he's shooting it from everywhere. The numbers are, it's almost like he, he is, he might be the guy that gets the holy grail, uh, as far as shooters go this year, as far as like, you know, 50% from the field and 90% from the line and 45% from three. Like that, that's, I mean, he's uh, he's eclipsing those numbers in, in some regards. So Fletcher McGee, Player of the Year. And give me Furman as a representative for the Southern. How about for the Southland? I'm going to stick with Stephen F. Austin. They have done it for too, they've done it too well, too long, in the right way to be ignored, even though, you know, they have a change on the coaching staff and they have a, uh, a, a, a change with their roster. They still have Ty Charles. Uh, he, you know, he was around for those, those great Stephen F. Austin teams. So he's still there. Uh, helping run the show in the backcourt. So give me Stephen F. Austin. And if you're going to keep an eye on somebody, how about Texas A&M Corpus Christi? They made it to the CIT finals last season. And sometimes when you have success in some of these like uh, ancillary postseason tournaments, just think of, uh, you know, TCU. They made it to the NIT finals. And now they are, they've parlayed that into like a top 10 ranking this year. Um, so how about Texas A&M Corpus Christi? Due to their uh, CIT success last year as a team to keep an eye on in the Southland. Uh, Summit, oh man, one of the funnest players to watch, most fun players to watch in the country. Uh, South Dakota State and Mike Dom, I'm going to put them in as the favorites. They played really live against Gonzaga uh, last season uh, in March, and I expect them to do the exact same thing. Maybe they won't have a 16 seed, maybe they'll have a 15 or a 14. Um, Dom is definitely going to be player of the year. I don't think there's any doubt there. And as far as team to watch... Why not Fort Wayne? I mean, Fort Wayne uh, it seems to make these the, this traditional upset every year. So uh, let, let's keep an eye on uh, Fort Wayne as a, like a surprise team. Are they going to win the conference? Probably not. But I, I, I think they're always fun to watch. Uh, go Mastodons. And give me the representative as South Dakota State with uh, Mike Dom leading the way. In the Sun Belt, sticking with UT Arlington. We're not going to get away from our Mavs here. Think like Coach Cross is going to get things straightened out. They do have the two two of the best players in the conference, Neil and Hervey. Let's stick with UT Arlington as the representative, and and Texas State has to be a team to keep an eye on. That's a huge interstate rival. Uh, mean Green definitely will get some wins and keep it close uh, in conference, but I think push comes to shove, representative will be UT Arlington, and nobody's going to want to face them. Player of the year has to be Hervey. Uh, shooting way too well, way too efficiently, and every time you watch him, it seems like he gets a little bit better. Swack, we're going to go with one of Mike Randall's Santa Claus rallies, Texas Southern. How about Texas Southern to be the representative, even though they came into conference play defeated? Oh, and 13, I think? 
Uh, team to keep an eye on, always Southern. Uh, you feel like they're always kind of live, especially after playing Gonzaga again, pretty close in that 116 game. And uh, Demontre Jefferson, player of the year, no doubt. I mean, Mike talked about him a tiny bit. He's putting up 23.5 points a game. Just does can shoot it from kind of anywhere, gets in the lane, unafraid of contact. So give me Jefferson for player of the year, Texas Southern as the representative. Out to the whack, we're sticking with New Mexico State. When we talked to Mark Rudy uh, preseason, uh, he gave us a nice rundown of why New Mexico State was going to be awesome. And he said one of the things that New Mexico State was going to do was, was put Zach Lofton in successful situations. And if you watch Zach Lofton out in Florida, you saw how gifted and talented he was. He's almost like uh, uh, Kendrick Nunn from o- Oakland, except a little bit more efficient and plays in a little bit more in the team concept. Uh, New Mexico State will defend you. And they're bringing Chua off the bench, which I think is an interesting move and provides them with a little bit more flexibility in their starting lineup. So give me New Mexico State. And team to keep an eye on, obviously, Grand Canyon. Like Grand Canyon, Coach Marley, and their backcourt. Uh, they might actually – it's not crazy that you could see them winning the conference tournament and being represented, but I think New Mexico State has too much cachet at this point. And last but not least, let's go to the WCC. No chance Gonzaga is not going to be the representative here. Uh if they lose in the conference tournament, they still might get an invite, but I I, I like what they're doing too much. I, I think they're getting a little bit undersold. Uh, so give me Gonzaga as a representative. A team to keep an eye on. How about San Francisco? San Francisco did get that nice win over Nevada, and you hope for Nevada's at-large sakes that um, San Francisco gets a couple of uh, interesting road wins in conference so that loss doesn't look that bad for Nevada. And then uh, player of the year, I think, you know, we'll stick with Jacques Landell. I think Landell's going to average a double-double. He's going to shoot it really efficiently. So I think his number is going to be hard to ignore. And plus, Gonzaga, at this point, doesn't have a total standout guy like Nigel Williams-Goss. Statistically, I think they're a little bit more spread out, a little bit more diverse. So we'll go Gonzaga with the representative and Jacques Landell as the player of the year. And just very quickly, uh, listeners, when we were recording, we got, uh, you know, we got news that uh, Minnesota was kind of in this mess with Reggie Lynch and, and, and Coach Patino's name comes up again. Um, different coach Patino this time with uh, uh, just maybe some poor decision-making. I don't think there's any wiggle room here for Minnesota. I, I don't think that Minnesota has can get like really defensive with this. I think they just have to kind of throw up their hands, say they got it wrong, and then just move on and get it right the next time because if they put up any sort of like, well, we only deal with the basketball operation side of things type story, I think that's just a bad look. And plus, we know from past experiences with uh, mistakes like this, you never win with something like that. And with the topic and the allegations that are out there for Reggie Lynch, this is really sticky personal stuff. And I think when you're dealing with a subject matter like this, you can't play the we only pay attention to the basketball operations side of things or we were going to let the... Uh, administration deal with it or, or something along those lines no you make a firm and hard decision on it because this is like real this is like real life like when you have another person's well-being at stake uh i i think you need to that needs to be priority number one so i i think out of the gate is handled a little too sloppy for for my liking and mike and i will talk about this a little bit more in depth later again mike and i try to stick to the basketball side of things and not uh, go totally deep on uh, off-court issues, but I think it was worth mentioning and just poor job right now. And man, 
the, just the name Patino can't get out of the swamp, huh? Yikes. We'll end the podcast with just a little preview of what might be happening Saturday and Sunday and just run down a couple of games real fast. Um, I don't have the lines in front of me, uh, but I'm just going to try to give you like a little feel on the game. How about number 12, North Carolina at number 8, UVA? You know what? Give me UVA in this game. I think they're going to slow it down just enough. North Carolina is going to struggle to find, uh, uh, wants to get out on the break, but is not going to be allowed to. Give me UVA at home over number 12. UNC and UNC might be running into a little blip on the radar here. Might need to start worrying about them a little bit more. How about number 21, Seton Hall at Butler? Isn't that game kind of spicy now, now that Butler upset Villanova? Give me Seton Hall here on the road. Many times when a team pulls a very emotional upset like that, and, and you know, they had Andrew Smith Day there, uh, hashtag Project 44, the whole campus was lit up for the right reason at Butler. Uh, for that Villanova game, and rightly so. Sometimes you have like a little bit of that upset hangover. So I'm going to go with Seton Hall because Butler is dealing with the upset hangover here. Another game to pay attention to, how about LSU and Tremont Waters at Texas A&M, number 11? Will Texas A&M get their, get their act straightened out? I feel like they're in a similar situation as North Carolina. Do they go on a little slide here and maybe they slide a little further to 25 uh, and, and further away from the top 10? I think it's a definite possibility. Let's see, what else? How about number 22, Arkansas, at Auburn? Our guy, Lee Busby, does a great job of keeping us plugged in at Auburn. But Auburn coming in with only one loss. Arkansas sliding a tiny bit. I can totally see Auburn getting the win against a ranked team here. And then maybe Auburn sneaking into the rankings next week. So give me Auburn with a nice home win over a ranked Arkansas team. Ooh, how about, do you think Marcus Howard's going to go off again at number three, Villanova? Do you think that might happen? Ah, that's a great game to watch right there. Uh, I, I know you have another another couple of games to pay attention to on Saturday night, but man, that Marquette-Villanova game, whew, that's definitely worth paying attention to after uh, Howard goes off. You want to see how Brunson and Howard match up for sure. Uh, how about number 17? As far as who I like there, I'll stick with Villanova at home. I think Villanova will get the ship righted, and I but I bet Jay Wright has a whole bunch of defensive uh, attention uh, to Howard and those outside shooters. I bet they run Marquette off the three-point line efficiently. How about number 17, Kentucky, at number 23, Tennessee. Tennessee, in a similar situation as A&M and UNC sliding a little bit once conference play started. Love Kentucky here. Love their length. Uh, love that they're playing a little bit of zone with that length. And love that they have uh, their rotation kind of figured out. I think Kentucky is getting things straightened out. I think they're on the other side of that UNC, Tennessee, Texas A&M conversation. Love Kentucky in this game, even on the road at Tennessee. The big one, Mike Randall's been waiting for this one. How about number seven, Oklahoma at number six, West Virginia. This clash of Carter and Trey Young is exactly what college basketball needs as its centerpiece uh, this weekend. Can't wait for this game. If I was leaning one way, I'm going to lean with the home team, West Virginia. Maybe Carter can limit Trey Young. But the one thing about Trey Young that maybe gets a little bit undersold is he never gets the ball ripped from him. Never. I mean, he has like some dead ball turnovers where he might throw a pass out of bounds or he might, you know, like you never see the ball ripped from him. So it's going to be interesting because that's all Carter does is he just picks pockets and Miles just picks pockets. So you want to see if Miles and Carter can actually force Trey Young into a high turnover game. When I say high turnover game, I'm talking five or more because his four turnovers due to his high usage is kind of like two and a half, 
Like, right? That, does that kind of make sense? And then, of course, we got to pay attention to uh, Kansas and, and TCU as well. Uh, I'm going to say give me the home team here. I, I, I like what TCU is doing. I, I think that they're going to be live the whole entire year, and maybe Kansas is on one of those slides as well. Uh, and then, you know, for Sunday, you got a couple of cool games to pay attention to Sunday. We talked about uh, Charleston and Towson in, in the CAA. That's a huge game in conference uh, on Sunday at 2 o'clock. You also have Michigan State at Ohio State. Hmm. Ohio State's kind of sneaky now, huh? Holton's done a nice job. Bates Diop is playing like the player of the year in that conference. Careful, Michigan State. Just saying careful when you get your eyes on that line. I think that might be a line to pay attention to. I'll take Michigan State to win, but I bet Ohio State keeps it closer than you think you might. And how about a matchup in Florida? You got number twenty-five, uh, number 24 Florida State at number 15 Miami. Two teams that might be heading the wrong direction. You want to see who's going uh, who, to get the win here. Florida State did eke out a win against UNC at home, so you want to see what they can do on the road here, and will Miami right the ship? And then you got SMU at number 19, Cincinnati. SMU's going to be totally annoyed after that loss to Tulane, so you want to see how SMU responds, especially on the road at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati squeaked out a win thanks to that onion shot from Evans. Man, that was money from the top of the key, little crossover, step back, makes the jumper to give the Cincinnati the win with .4 seconds left. Totally sick. And then... What happens in this number four Arizona State at Utah game, right? Arizona State starts out conference 0-2. Utah plays Arizona kind of live when they had Arizona in there. Does Utah experience like a close game hangover? Does Arizona State get annoyed that they lost that game in overtime to Colorado? Definitely worth paying attention to late night on Sunday. So listeners out there, thank you so much. There's your little preview as far as what you're going to get your eyes on this weekend. Thank you so much for giving the, the pod a follow on Twitter, at SDS Podcast, efficiency of keystrokes, of course. Uh, you want to hit us up on Gmail? Please do, SDSPodcast at gmail.com. Please give Mike a, a follow, at Randall Rant. He is an absolute riot to follow, has a very hot takes, and, and is just generally entertaining and full of good information. So please give him a follow at randallrant.com. And you're looking for some screen to screen or like content uh, print wise, please visit randallrant.com. we got some cool college basketball stuff up there. Mike uh, is just closing up shop as far as his fantasy football end of things. Uh, so we'll, uh, you know, frame some of the college basketball uh, thinkings and thoughts that we have with you guys in print at randallrant.com. So listeners, thank you so much. Enjoy the weekend hoops and, uh, if you like what you're listening to, don't be afraid to go give us a five-star review and write a nice comment on your iTunes review. Anybody that types in your iTunes review will give you a little shout-out on the pod. And, you know, make sure that we say thank you, thank you, thank you. So thank you for those who have put in the uh, have registered your iTunes reviews. Thank you for doing that. We're looking for a couple more. So if you're a new listener out there, take some time this weekend and punch it in. Thank you, guys. Salancha. Gratulatia. Cheers. Enjoy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.